coming to you from the lab, where we talk about guns, gear, training, and everything in between. Riding Shotgun is my co-host, Big Keith. I'm your host, Mike, and this is The Gun Experiment. How's it going, everybody, and welcome to The Gun Experiment. This week, Keith and I speak with the Howard Stern of the gun world, discuss New Year's resolutions, and play Apocalypse D&D. I just want to remind everyone that we drop new episodes on the second and fourth Tuesday of every month, so be sure to subscribe and share the show with friends. If you like the content we're creating, we'd appreciate it if you head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Big Keith depends on those, so make sure you're doing that, guys. And speaking of Big Keith, here he is, the big man. How are you doing tonight, Keith? I'm doing well, Mike. How are you? Dude, uh, I'm just like tired, man. I'm just tired. I'm glad that uh, that this crazy year is uh, wound down and uh, I'm just ready to, I don't know, I need a vacation or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I don't like about this time of the year? We at, my we, we get you know get the Christmas decorations out and my kids drop all the porcelain ones and break like Mickey's ear off and I have to super glue it on and somehow I managed to get super glue all over my hands and as I'm sitting here I felt something weird on my like hands and it was like there's super glue all over and I can't get it off. Oh man, you know what I I hate putting up the Christmas tree because it's like I feel like as soon as it's up I gotta like bring it down. It's just like a lot of work for me. It's just like. <laughs> I'm just like, this year, I'm just tired. We, I, I, I just sound like I'm complaining a lot, but I'm just tired. Well, you know, maybe, anyway. you, need a, maybe you need a good nap. Maybe. I mean, I'll take one after this show. That's a good idea. All right. So listen, I want to get into this. Um, so listen, I've mentioned before that before starting a podcast, you know, there's certain people that um, I would say have, have had somewhat of an influence on the show. And, you know, we had Daniel Shaw on and that was like a big one. You know, I was really excited to have him on. And then uh, we recently had Johnny B on and, you know, in that conversation, we talked about how I spoke to Johnny B and asked him for advice a couple of years before we did this. Well, tonight I'm going for the hat trick. This is the third and it's probably the final time you'll hear me say this unless we somehow get Joe Rogan on the show. But uh, <laughs> this this guest was definitely someone who I would say has been influential uh, to our our show. So our guest tonight is the president of the Firearms Radio Network, a firearms and medical training instructor and the host of the popular We Like Shooting podcast. Please welcome Sean Heron to the show. Sean, how are you doing tonight? I'm great, man. What's up? How's it going? It's, it's going well, man. Great. Now that I got out all my bitching and complaining, I, I feel good. I'm, I'm good to go. That's good. Perfect. And, you know, I feel like I'm responsible for that because I was running late and that gave you that time to vent. So really, uh, you know, oh. me being late helped you out. So you're welcome. Sean, I, I appreciate you. it. Yeah, you, you, yeah. Keith, Keith is very, very happy that you let me get at all my bitching. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, Keith, I didn't say anything nice for you. I just said, no, uh, I'm happy. I, I, I'm happy you uh, brought a positive light to that. That was good. <laughs> yeah. That, nobody likes negative, Mike. It, it's a very dark, dark place, and uh, we don't need that. So we'll we'll keep it positive. Yeah, you got you. That's uh, quite the quite the group you put me with. Daniel Shaw, one of my favorite dudes uh, that exists in the whole universe. And Johnny B, not not a huge fan, but uh, apparently some people like him. I, I don't really know what's going on there. Well, I was a big fan until he called me every other name with an M other than Mike in the show. So <laughs> he's still using that old tired stick. Give me a break. Dude. Yeah, he, he did it. He started out before the show started, and he did not drop it. So uh, anyway, his jokes. Man. So any, they, yeah, he, he needs to freshen him up a little bit. I don't know. 
I'll tell him you said that next time I talk to him. Please do. Everyone email and tell him I said that. I I will say he has some really nice swag though. I'm wearing one of his shirts that I bought off his website tonight for the first time and I'm, I'm liking the, the quality. It's super soft. That's awesome, man. Yeah, he does. He, I, I do like Johnny. I just, you know, he is, he, he's an acquired taste, I guess. <laughs> yeah. He's definitely a jokester. There's no doubt about it. Oh man. All right. So anyway, let's get into this. Um, so a lot of people that we talk to get into guns at a fairly young age, but from what I understand, you really didn't get into it until adulthood. So tell us how you first got into shooting. It's funny. You mentioned that. I, I literally just saw my buddy sent me a Facebook memory uh, of his, and it was uh, a post that I made in 2011, uh, in December of 2011, where he had just helped me assemble, assemble my first AR-15. Uh, so like just a little bit over nine years, I kind of been into it. I was a software developer for a very long time, software engineer, software developer, um, just working in IT and doing security stuff, just all kinds of stuff. And uh, my buddy said, do you want to build an AR-15? And I was like, uh, I don't really know anything about it. I don't think I'm qualified to do that. And he said, no, I'll help you. And we ordered parts and that was, man, that was like nine years ago. It feels like a hundred. Yeah. Do, do you feel like, uh, when you first started, like, was there a apprehension? I want to say a fear, but like an apprehension of guns or were you kind of like, you were open to it, but it just was like, eh, whatever, you know, I'll, I'll poke around with this a bit. And did it kind of grab you right away? And you were like, whoa, this is cool. And I want to go down this rabbit hole or you know, how did that kind of progress for you? Yeah. As a teenager, I used to spend summers with my aunt and uncle, uh, up in the mountains and he was a big collector. And so I got to go get exposed to firearms and like shoot them and, and things like that. But I, I, you know, it was just never really a part of my life. So the second we built that AR 15, I was like, okay, now this is cool. And, uh, it led to holy moly, the craziest nine years of my life. Yeah, that that is crazy. So so you weren't like a total like newbie to guns. You you had some experience, but just not like not the level that you're at now, obviously. Yeah, very little. I w- I would say yeah. like very little and poorly coached. I will I will <laughs> add on. Okay. So it was like I knew gotcha. what guns were. I wasn't anti-gun by any means, but uh, I was I raised four kids and uh I I didn't have them in the house when when they were getting raised. I kind of I, I definitely regret that now, but uh I was aware of guns. I was not anti-gun or anything like that. I just, uh, I, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. Uh, did any of your, uh, did any of your kids come back to you now and be like, dad, I, we could have been hanging out years ago. Uh, like most, of, they're all open to guns. Okay. Uh, and a couple own guns, but a couple don't. And uh, like, not that they're anti-gun by any means, just that they, I think they're kind of like, like I was, you know, not a, yeah, yeah, not a whole yeah. lot of guns around, but yeah. And, and by the way, I, I like those kind of people. I like people who are like, it's not my thing, but you know, do you, you do you, like, I yeah, really respect that. Kind of person. Promote, yeah, totally. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. They all know what I do. They all know that I have basically the coolest life that has ever been. And uh, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're into it. They like to go shooting with us. As, as long as you're still the cool dad, that's all that matters. Always have been. Good deal. <laughs> that's good. That's a good thing. So you started out your journey, from my understanding, with an MP 40, and then uh, it went down into a 1911. But both of those, in your own words, were re- were regrettable choices. Um, so what advice would you give to any new gun owners out there listening to kind of avoid these pitfalls and, and to sort of make better choices than maybe you did in the beginning? Yeah. You know, never go to a gun store and ask what you should get, I think was, was my mistake. And it I don't know. Maybe there's some more hip gun stores. Like I've been to a few of them lately that were pretty awesome. And, but then again, like even at one I was recently at, I heard the same tired regurgitation of nonsense from the guy behind the counter to people who were just trying to buy their first gun. So I would say genuinely like go find some 
some fun YouTube channels or podcasts or whatever that, that you think you can enjoy and you think you can watch and, and watch a lot of that. And when you see somebody come up with uh, something that, that you may want, like, I don't know, go watch videos on it and see how other yep. people think of it and see, that, you know, see if those people are like similar stature to you, uh, similar hand size, like similar build, those things. And, and really just like, I don't know, do some research. I would say most of the people who watch our YouTube videos have already bought the gun and, and then they're just going to try to confirm their purchase, but really spend some yeah. time just like watching people shoot it and see, see the things they complain about and be, and then rate those things on level of importance to you. Yeah. You know, it's funny because, so I, I have a wife and I have two daughters and I have a son, but you know, obviously like I want my, my daughter to shoot and you know, I think women shooting is amazing. It's the fastest growing demographic in, in, uh, in shooting, I believe. Right. And, or at least one of, mm -hmm. and I think it's important, right. That, that we make sure everyone has, has an enjoyment of the second amendment. But what I find funny is the amount of times that I've heard people say, Oh, like, you know, get them a revolver because they can't handle a semi-automatic. <laughs> you know, it's almost like their, their small pea brain can't, you know, can't really it, figure that out. It it's happened, like, are you, uh, it happened not long ago at, at the club. I remember when I brought my wife out to shoot trap, you know, everybody was like, oh, she can't handle the 12 gauge. I was like, she's going to be fine. I've seen her shoot this thing. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, man, like way to like, you know, just completely try to turn somebody off from, from, yeah. from the world that you really want to Crazy. improve, you know? Yeah. How did it, how did that, that, uh, you were talking about the, the um, the same old line at the gun store, like how did, where did that come from? Why does it got to continue to be that way? Yeah, what is that line? I actually want to know exactly what you're talking about. When you I have that. a feeling I, I know what it is, but I'm curious. Yeah. Uh, just trying to sell them things that, that I know to be ridiculous for first time shooters and especially the people that they were trying to sell them to They're They're very trendy looking. Uh, the, the girl was really small and they were, I, I don't know, it was like a 45 something that they were trying to sell them. And I was like, God, I just want to walk over there and slap that dude in the mouth and, <laughs> uh, and be like, stop, like stop doing this. And I think the reason that it just proliferates throughout is because a lot of times you have some older people instructing and especially if we're NRA certified instructors and things like that, you end up with a, a, an interesting demographic because there's very, very low barrier to entry and there's a lot of myths that get perpetuated in those classes. And while it is, you know, the NRA training curriculum is, is nice in some places because it's required to have approved training curriculums to get concealed carry permits. It's really outdated. It's the, the con the, I don't know, the content and the learning materials are pretty awful and they really do lure, I think a, a very similar demographic, um, into those classes. And that demographic just perpetuates these myths over yeah. and over and over yeah. again. And even if you're a young dude going through one of these old dudes classes, like you're going to hear that same myth. And guess what? Yeah. When, once we learn something, we're going to latch onto it. And he's just going to go t tell it to every person that will listen. And we just end up kind of perpetuating the cycle. Especially so Sean, I have, I, I'm sorry, Keith. I have, I have a funny story. I think you'll appreciate as a podcaster. Um, I was in the process of getting one of my NRA uh, instructor certifications before the world got kind of crazy mm -hmm. recently. And, um, I went through the first stage, which is taking the actual course. And the guy was nice, very talkative. I mean, like talked a ton. Mm -hmm. And in the course of us talking, I said, yeah, I said, you know, I'm thinking about starting a podcast, pro second amendment podcast. I think it'd be really good to try to like get more people in the fold. And he looks at me and he just goes, oh uh, yeah, you're one of those guys, huh? And I was like, what, what do you mean by that? And he goes, ah, he goes, man, he goes, they're going to, they're going to love you. He goes, you know, you and all your opinions and you know, just your beliefs of what you think. And I'm like, 
wow, man, I didn't what realize we were in communist Russia. Like, <laughs> <laughs> why don't you, you tell your opinion? <laughs> oh, it was crazy, man. So it's it's not surprising, and it's exactly what I kind of expect. Uh, it's, it definitely confirms what I was just saying. It's like that that same kind of stuff. And like one of the places where I first got certified as an NRA instructor, like he is a fantastic instructor, but without a doubt, he is a fud. Like, <laughs> yeah, no question in my mind that he is absolutely a flood and he perpetuates some of those things. Like he's fantastic at what he does. And I feel very lucky to have gone there. But at the same time, if I didn't use some critical thinking and apply my own things, like it could, you know, he, he, he puts out some instructors that I would not take classes from. We'll say that. Sean, do you, uh, are there any particular uh, types of uh, competition shooting you like to do? Uh, I've done three gun. I shot USPSA for a very, for, I don't know, for a few years, I was going to say a very long time, but I guess it was a long time compared with my nine years of experience. Um, <laughs> did that a bit, had a ton of fun doing it, shot three gun, realized how much I hate shotgun. And, uh, <laughs> you know, just, uh, I, I definitely did that for a while. I haven't had time to do it, which I actually am very bothered by. Uh, but other than that, like I haven't done any for a bit. Um, I did do uh, IDPA once and I, I hated that. It was just, yeah. Which, which is the one that's more, more applicable to like tactical? Is that USPCA? Uh, USPSA is more, uh, PSA, sorry. here's, here's where it went is IDPA was kind of the thing that was there and it was for defensive shooting and things like that. They have the, mm-hmm. the cover garments and, and things like that. And then some people started pushing the envelope and, uh, and then the people who were really IDPA, yo, you can't do that. Can't do that at all. They got really mad. So those guys who were pushing the envelope went to USPSA and IDPA was like, fine, we'll be back to just defensive shooting with our fishing vests. <laughs> and, then, and then USPSA, you know, it's kind of the, kind of the same thing. You start out in one place and then you dump with everybody shooting open, which is like, you know, crazy space laser guns and things like that. And 70,000 round magazines and, and craziness. And then I think three gun really got pushed. Uh, they were like one gun's cool, but what if I could do three? Um, right. So I think that it kind of went that way. You have IDPA, which is, I don't know, just, uh, it can be cool, but it's definitely the more, um, close to the vest defensive shooting. Whereas USPSA is go fast, go hard and yeah, and have fun. Would you say it made you a better shooter? Oh man. W- without question. Without question, it made me a better shooter, but I was never focused on like where I came in the rankings. Like I was excited when I did well in the rankings, but I was more excited just to, to be out there shooting. And honestly, like the camaraderie, um, like it is a team sport, even though you're doing it individually and the camaraderie is pretty great. And I, I, I am a thousand times a better shooter. I learned how to reload because I was doing it. And I think that, uh, I would not be where I'm at had I not done those awesome things. Gotcha. So I do want to kind of bring this back to, uh, to your podcast. <clears throat> so you had mentioned earlier that you, uh, previously worked in, in, in the IT field, um, prior to getting into podcasting mm-hmm. and, so how did you initially get into podcasting and, you know, and has your IT background kind of proven itself useful? I feel like it would to some extent, but what I I've, I'm a fan of your show. You know, it's actually my second favorite podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, I, I, um, I'm curious like where it started. You know, I've heard earlier episodes, but I don't know what made you make that decision to, to go down that path. Well, after I built my first AR 15, my friend Aaron was like, Oh, I want to build, I want to get a gun. And, uh, and I was like, it'd be cool if we like had a website where we could just post stuff on. And he was like, yeah, yeah, totally. That'll be awesome. So we started a website and we realized after a while that like kind of writing articles and stuff took a lot of work and it kind of stunk. So 
we figured <laughs> we'd go try to find some other people uh, who would also kind of want to share that load. And we had, we found uh, Nick Lynch and Savage one R and Jeremy Paz Derek and Lil Chantilly. Like we found all these people and they actually were- find them all. Did you find them like online? Was it like people in the area? Mostly because they're not all. Reddit, okay. Yeah, like I always tell this story about how Nick and I were arguing over AKs and I thought he was being a real jerk. And it turns out he was totally 100% correct and I was absolutely 100% wrong. But either way, here we are nine years later, the best of friends. Uh, But it's funny how that started. But we found pretty much everyone on Reddit. Like Jeremy had posted some picture of his armory and we were like, oh, that dude has a lot of guns. He probably knows what he's talking about. Turns out he did, but we didn't, we didn't really know that. So we, we had a weekly meeting every week where we just kind of get on video chat and just kind of, I don't know, just have fun and talk and talk about what we were going to do and build and work on and competition and whatever. And Savage, he thought it would be a fun podcast and we were all kind of really against it. Didn't really want it. So he sent a recorded version of one of our conference calls to Jake from the firearms radio network. And, uh, the rest is kind of like a terrible, uh, small version of history. Uh, he said it would be cool. And we've been doing the podcast ever since, uh, just turned out weekly meetings. Gotcha. So, all right. So I got a, definitely a couple of follow-ups to that. So first off, yeah, I was going to ask, I knew that the, uh, firearms radio network, uh, had originally been started by somebody else. And I don't know how I knew that. I think early on I had seen his post where he had said something like I'm moving on and Sean Heron, this is before I knew anything about your show is taking over. And that was kind of my initial, like, Oh, that's kind of where I started kind of tuning in. Um, so how did you, I mean, what made you say, Oh, I'm going to take over and now you're taking over a network, right? So this is quite a bit more work. So how did, were you still working in it? Like what, you know, take me down that journey a bit. Yeah. So, uh, at that point, let's see, I mean, we like shooting had, had started doing pretty well, um, there, there after a while. And we became the number one show on the firearms radio network a few years ago. And I was still doing my day job, which was fortune 50 company software engineer guy. And then I had a web development company that I was doing uh, in my spare time. And then we like shooting was another thing I was doing. And ultimately a couple different branches in the story here. So ultimately I just, I had enough, like it, it layoff time came at the company and I was in a position where they asked me some names and I didn't want to give them any names. I've been working with those guys for like 20 years. And I was like, no, you know what? I'm not going to do it. The only name I'm going to give you is my own. And, uh, you can, you can pick the rest on your own after I'm gone. Wow. That, how great did that feel? It was yeah, real. It was terrifying. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I can't imagine. Yeah. I, I always wanted to do something like that, but it was terrifying. I'll, yeah. I'll be perfectly honest, but you know, I, I make a ton less money now, but I like, I have yeah. way more fun and I'm so much more fulfilled in my life because of that choice. But so I did that. I, I'd given up my web development firm previously because we like shooting was more fun and uh, given up that income as well. And then just uh, once that happened, it was full steam ahead on we like shooting. Now around that time, uh, Jake, the guy who started the firearms radio network, he had emailed me or texted me. I don't, I don't remember which. And he said, Hey, do you want to buy the network? And my answer, uh, I've, I've gone back and looked it up to confirm was LOL comma. No. <laughs> <laughs> because, sounds like you, Keith. Yeah. yeah. Like, who wants that kind of work? Um, and then, you know, we went back and forth and I was like, how much? And he gave me a price and I was like, no, I, I don't want to do it. But then as, as it happens, like this, when Savage was like, we should do a podcast. I sit around and I, th- I think about it and 
with the, with the network, it was like, well, what if he, what if he sells it to somebody and they want to change things? You know, yeah. that that's cool for WLS. Cause we can just leave very easily. Like we were under no contract. We could leave and, and go on our own, but at the same time, like all the other shows, like, you know, what if people come in and they try to make us read advertising that we don't want to read for companies that right. we don't support? You had a shot to fix what you didn't want to do when you were in IT. Yeah, exactly. And it was, yeah, it was, true. it was like, what, what if they come in and they screw everything up? What if they, they take this family that we all kind of feel like a family and they ruin it. So I messaged him back and I was like, sure, I'll do it. And I think within t- four hours, he had dumped everything in my lap. And, uh, so there was, there was time to just kind of start rebuilding it and, uh, trying to get it to what, what I thought would, would be great. It's been a ton of work and way more of a challenge than I ever expected, but also pretty off, pretty awesome. Like, uh, I love it. Great. So I I have to ask you one it question though, please. Shoot. (laughs) And I, it, it, this comes from personal experience, but I'm curious my opinion is that they must teach you a class somewhere along the line of how to throw like random vocabulary, IT vocabulary terms to make things sound really complicated to get people to stop asking questions. Is that, is that true? Does that really happen? There's no class or anything, but the people who survive in it for a while will eventually just learn, okay, this is a keyword that I can throw out there. And once I say that word, no one will ask any more questions because <laughs> they don't know what it means. The problem yes. is, I don't know what it means either, man. Oh my, don't tell me that. <laughs> Dude, I, there's no one in my job that is more frustrating than the IT people. Yeah, it's like well, anytime, anytime something goes down, I'm like, I need help. And they're just like, nowhere to be did found. You, like, did did so you good. check if it was plugged in? Look, yeah, exactly. The fix to restart the computer. Right, exactly. Restart it. That's the fix to 90% of IT problems. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. So I, I want to ask you, because you mentioned uh, actually Savage bringing the idea of the podcast. So the the... The crew that you have currently, um, it's funny because like you, you guys pick on Savage pretty, uh, pretty, you're pretty rough on him, but really like it's, it really, uh, wouldn't maybe be a thing if it wasn't for him, it sounds like, which is crazy. It it is pretty crazy. And that is true. We are hard on Savage, but Savage is a communist and commies deserve no better. (laughs) I can't disagree with you. (laughs) Now, you and Aaron were friends before this, you guys were the original. Is that how that kind of worked out? You guys had known each other before. Yeah, Aaron and I knew each other before and uh we we've been like online friends for a long time. And um we I, we had gotten to be pretty good friends just like online. We we did eventually meet each other and have hung out many 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 times since. Uh yeah. but yeah, that it was we met online like on some other uh Facebook thing or not Facebook. It was called Live Journal. It was like a very early social media thing. What gotcha. was and what was the first uh, uh, we like shooting episode that you remember thinking, man, this shit, this podcast shit is getting real. Oh geez, like I, I'll tell you when we get there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, have you ever like counted your blessings that you somehow managed to wrangle in like a giant? Like you, you have a legit giant on your squad. We do, and it's it, it's not as great as you might imagine, right? Like Jeremy is a big, huge ogre. And he breaks everything and everything that he does actually hurts people. So when Jeremy will like put his hand on your shoulder as a, as a sign of brotherhood while he breaks your clavicle because his hand (laughs) weighs 35 pounds, he's just (laughs) made of bricks and anger. 
I have big Keith, but Keith, I have to say that this is one person that makes you look small. Like how tall is how tall is Jeremy? Jeremy's six foot seven with the wingspan of a seven thirty-seven. Yeah. And he's angrier than any Wolverine or Badger has ever even thought to be. I have so one fun. cousin that's about that tall, and I do feel small next to him. Jeremy's just built yeah. weird too, right? He's like built like a a cartoon almost. Big, huge, broad shoulders and and kind of skinny legs, but yeah, he's 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 weird, man. And he's not the gentle giant type. At least that's what it seems like. No, we we were at a Airbnb. Not I think one of the last trips, and within like twenty four hours of him getting there, he had broken the sliding glass door. He had knocked down the blinds. He had broken a fire extinguisher. Um, <laughs> like he he goes in to take a shower, like once or twice in all the years that I've known him, and breaks the handle off the shower. Uh, he knocked me over a couch one time, and we broke the couch. Set an Airbnb on fire. It's 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 always a f- fun time. Yeah, a lot of responsibility when you're walking around with a giant person yeah, you, like that. You guys have to rotate who books the Airbnb now. No, no, it's all me. And actually, that one right there, um, we fully were responsible and i absolutely was going to pay for the damages but airbnb ruled in our favor on the claim which i still don't understand and i still feel guilty for all the time i'm like (laughs) clearly they had us on camera uh breaking things so let's let's get it over with let me pay it but airbnb was like you win (laughs) Uh, okay (laughs) so otherwise okay yeah so i mean you you guys definitely um have like a, a fun show. You bring a lot of fun. You bring sort of an element of uh, provocation to the airwaves, I would say. Um, has there ever been an instance where like your your shock jock style, is, you know, I have that in, the, in quotes, uh, has ever backfired on you or ever sort of like undermined your goal of the Second Amendment advocacy? Like, has it ever, have you ever gone like, maybe like maybe this wasn't the right way to go about this, you know, kind of a thing? No. So that's a funny thing. Like working in IT for a long time, like I was very uh, you know, uh, this is my career. This is the thing I'm going to do. Learn how to fight your battles, learn how to play the political game and the politics. But the thing about we like shooting is it kind of set me free. And like, it's, you know, cancel culture be damned. Like nothing can really affect us in that way. Like we say sometimes awful things, but generally, and I can't think of any example where it's not the case. We, we mean those things. We, we don't say them because we're trying to be shocking. We say them because we believe them. And, and, most of the stuff that we talk about that would be considered even remotely inflammatory is really on the side of freedom. Like that's really, yeah. really all we care about is, is freedom uh, to live our lives unimpeded by anyone or anything that should choose to impede them. And yeah, we sit like we make dumb jokes and we say bad things. Like one time I think we offended a listener because we used um, the word retarded. Not, I kind of remember that. Yeah. Not, I kind of remember you that a bit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not like speaking about it in a bad way or meant to, you know, denigrating mentally challenged people or anything like that, but just literally because that's just how we talk. Like it's, a, you know, our, our parlance that, that we use. Um, we all grew up on the internet and, and that's kind of just how we talk. It was never meant to be offensive or anything. And while I felt a pang of regret that we had hurt this person, ultimately they choose how they, how they respond and react to the things that they hear and, uh, I don't feel a whole lot of regret about it. So has it ever set us back? No, I don't think so. People know who we are. We have some of the biggest companies in the biz that advertise on our show. And I give them all the exact same speech when we start, you can't control us. You won't control us. We're going to say whatever we want to say. Uh, we're going to represent your products exactly how we feel about them. And if we don't like them, we'll say that. And all of them are, are, 
you know, they're, they're all down with it. We, we've gotten one company into a little bit of trouble because someone complained to them and they happened to be a nationally accredited company. So they actually had to go through some nonsense, but even that was like four years ago, they're still advertisers. So yeah, I mean, I, I don't feel guilty ever because I warn everybody very, very much upfront. Was it always your plan to be that provocative or it just was like, this is just, I'm just going to be free at this point. And that just kind of the byproduct of it. Yeah. I, I don't, I personally don't think we're provocative. Um, provocative is made out the right word. You know, I, I, I have to tell you, uh, I, we recently had on, um, Michael Segoyan. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you had done an interview with him. So I was doing my homework on him and your, one of your videos came up and I know you're, you're going to remember this obviously, but at the end where, uh, Aaron comes out of the oven and says, says, Keith, he says, he says, they told me there was a shower in here. And of course, Aaron is Jewish. Yeah. And normally the stuff you say just kind of goes over my head, but that one like caught me off. Like, whoa, I did not see that coming at all. Like it like floored me. Yeah. You know, nothing is sacred for us because we don't take anything that we do seriously, I think. And that has been the most freeing thing. Like we, 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 basically are just ourselves. We just talk how we normally talk. We, we say horrible things like that about Aaron. Aaron says those horrible things about himself and we just have fun. And I think honestly, that's one of the things that people really enjoy about our show is that we just kind of are who we are. And if they meet us in person, we're the exact same as we are on the show because there's really no errors. We just, we we're just dudes. Yeah, well, and like when I was growing up, Keith, you tell me if you agree with this. When I was growing up, you know, you'd, you'd bust on your boys and you'd make fun of each other, and like you know, and we, didn't matter what it, you and I do said, it now. Yeah, it, it, it's not that wasn't like real, you know. Like I mean, like you know what I just said about the, the you know thought there was a shower and everything. Like that, it's horrible <laughs> if you read that out of context. Like he's Jewish and he was clearly Jewish. Like I mean, I have you know good friend who's Jewish. I have an uncle who's Jewish. Like you know, obviously, right. Like even me, like kind of like having a chuckle over that or being like taken off guard by that means nothing. But like, you know, there's someone out there that they just can't even hear those words yeah. and the context without being bent out of shape. There's just some people who there's just no cannot. Tolerance. There's no tolerance. Yeah. I, I, honestly, in some respect, there's no tolerance on either side. Yeah. Well, and I mentioned that one of our advertisers got a little uh, in trouble once and it was exactly that same issue. Uh, that was the joke that Aaron meant to make that day. I thought it was hilarious. You could tell from my honest response when you brought it up, I cracked up. I still yeah. to this day think it's funny and I'll never take that back. Not because what happened was funny, but because Aaron made that joke. I think it's hilarious. Well, one time, one of our guests who was Jewish called Aaron, who is Jewish, a Jew boy. And someone got offended by that and went around and sent emails to all of our advertisers who all told him to get bent except for the one who actually couldn't. So they had to sit around a board meeting with all of their executives uh, listening to our entire episode. Oh. And then nothing came of it uh, because the people that advertise with us know exactly what they're getting. Yeah. I've, I know you've talked a lot uh, and continue to joke. I, I got introduced to your show through Mike. Mike, when talking about this podcast and, and talking about this idea, he was like, you should listen to these guys. And uh, that's how I got introduced. And, I, and I've also read a few things that I know you like talking about episode 171. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there it but, is. But I, but I have to, I just have to, I, you, I want you to tell the story. I can give a brief description if you would rather. But what I'm really curious more about is if you can give Mike and I some advice on whether or not we should ever let something like that happen to us. Yeah. Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> without question. I, I got a bottle of Jack right here. I will, uh, we can make this happen real quick. 100%. Yeah. So the, the real hero of 171 was Nick. 
Like that, that dude was matching me drink for drink yet somehow still functional as a human being enough, not to just keep on the show, but to try to wrangle my drunk idiot self in and turn off my mic and get people to text me, to distract me. Like the, like Nick is the hero of 171. The 171 is not about me. It's about Nick and like just how crazy it was that he was still functional. Well, yeah, it was just your, it was your birthday, right? It was the celebration, correct? It was like, it was after my birthday. Uh, I, I was, it was a really rough period in my personal life and a buddy had dropped off a big bottle of whiskey, which Nick and I then decided we would drink in one night. And we yeah. decided we would do that on the night that we record our show. Perfect night. And uh, yeah, at, at some point, like there was no humanity left in my eyes and I don't, I've never gone back to listen to it. I woke up. I next gonna, my next question is if you'd ever listened to it. I have not. I've never listened to it. In fact, the next morning I woke up and I was like, oh my God, what happened? And uh, I immediately went to go take everything down. But by the time I got online and looked at social media, it had already taken on a life of its own. So we just left it up. And and, and I think that that that's like not to go back to one of my questions that you, you know um, you didn't answer entirely, but like that 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 kind of feeling like of where something overnight just takes off. Like, do you remember any other episodes where that happened? Uh, yeah, like episode two ten, um, Voda was on the show and one, oh, Risk, I heard that episode, but I didn't pick up on it. That's, that's weird. Once again, I would, I don't think I've known Nick was the hero of that one too. Uh, funny, funnily enough. So we had voted on funnily, is funnily a word. Is that actually a word? Funnily? Yes, it is. F U N N I O Y. <laughs> All right. If it isn't, you, 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 I'm terrible at Scrabble. So you could sell me on it. Yeah. It's not to be confused with the other funnily, which is F U N N E L Y, which is of to or relating to funnels. All right. Sounds oh, good. That yeah. sounds like a porn move or something. <laughs> so, you know, it's funny because uh, you're talking about, uh, about drinking and stuff. And, um, I, it's actually a good, I think a good, uh, little segue here. What is everyone drinking tonight? I actually just polished off a glass of uh gentleman Jack. So I don't know. What are you drinking, Keith? I actually, uh, am drinking my old reliable vodka and OJ. All right. Manmosa. Manmosa. Nice. Right. What about you, Sean? Uh, let's see. One of our listeners for Christmas sent us some Texa craft straight rye whiskey that I'm drinking straight out of the bottle because I didn't grab a cup before I walked in here. Okay. Nice. All right. It's not bad. 90, 91 proof. Oh cool. boy. Yeah. Yep. You know, what's funny is you're talking about how that show took on a life of its own and you let it kind of just go. And it's probably probably in the grand scheme of things is a good thing. And I don't have a story like that, but I do have to say that a, a few episodes back, uh, we had an episode where, Interview was great. Guest was great. Product that we were talking about, I really believe in. And I go to edit, and my mic had been switched to like the not to the to, to sorry to the default mic and not my high quality mic. And I everyone sounds great, and I sound like absolute crap. And I'm like Keith, I can't do this, man. I can't put out this product. I I, I we have to re-record this. We have to call the guy. And Keith's like, dude, just let it go. You you can't. It, it was genuine. It was good. And he's like, just put a disclaimer saying we're idiots and, you know, and we're sorry, we'll, we'll, we'll be better. And it actually turned out to be like a really good episode it, it that was, a lot of people listen to. And, you know, it, sometimes it you just, just go with it again. Episode, like we were firing on all cylinders and it felt good. And like, I felt like the interview was really good. Not as good as yours, Sean. I mean, yours is way better. But, uh, <laughs> Thank you. But it, it was, it was, re it felt really good. And then 
um, you know, you called me and you told me this, and that's yeah. I mean, that's exactly what I said to you. And I think I think we've heard a couple from a couple people that we know that are that are like, you know what? I didn't. One said that it wasn't as bad as we thought it was, and the other one I said was, you know, the disclosure totally covered it. Yeah, that's awesome. Keith's my logic. Keith's my logical side. Like I, I go to him and say, I, I'm. I might be being too like uh, off, going off the edge here, and he usually kind of talks me back onto the uh, the ledge a little. So yeah, he's, I get accused of being I get accused of being too rational, Sean. Too yeah. rational. I mean, too like, rational. it would be nice to have that because everyone on We Like Shooting is completely irrational. <laughs> <laughs> we Like Shooting is like what what happens if a bunch of like people they have you ever been around friends that just like got you really amped up and you acted crazy. Mike's one of them. Yeah. (laughs) That that's us, man. Like I, we're normally so normal and you know, like just everyday people. But when we get together, like we're just idiots. I don't, I don't, I can't even really reasonably explain it, but I imagine it was like the early days of Motley Crue throwing TVs out of hotel rooms. It's that same thing. I have a friend. We we hadn't seen each other in quite a while. And and we, we met up at like a fair when there were still, you know, you could do those things. Mm -hmm. And, um, we both had kids. We were with our wives. We were so amped up to see each other. We started cursing. Like it was out of style. And finally, both the wives were like, guys, you, you know, I know you're excited to see each other, but you have your kids around. Here. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's me at every barbecue is like, we have a barbecue and like, you know, I should be a responsible like host where like, I'm like watching my kid and undoubtedly it's always my wife watching the kids and like me running around just like an idiot, like playing cornhole and like drinking and doing shots. And like, I can't control myself. You know, it's just, it just happens. Yeah. We're the exact same. But when people are like, Hey, there's kids here. We're like, we don't care. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let me me bring this back to the second amendment and then we'll have some fun. We'll do some, some fun uh, parts of the show. So in my opinion, uh, Keith, tell me if you agree with this. All gun, owners, all gun owners have a responsibility to be good advocates for the Second Amendment. Yes. Not everyone wants to start a podcast. Not everyone wants to be an instructor. A lot of people don't want to go down that road. But in your opinion, John, what are some ways that the everyday gun owner can help grow our community without sort of going into the the deep end of, of this stuff that we're talking about? I think fight FUDLore is uh, one, one of the fight. best things. Yeah. Fight, fighting FUDLore is one of the best things I think we can do. And that's just like standing up just a little bit. And that's, that is not to say I'm telling everyone to go out and be a condescending pedantic nerd. I'm just saying like when people say things like figure out a way to have a conversation that, that, that may not be true. Like I, I let it go at the gun store that I was at cause I was a guest there and I, you know, I wasn't trying to, I wasn't trying to like be some pompous jerk bag. Uh, I was just, it, it just kind of drives me insane. So pick your battles. But right. fight lower. like there are things that, that are just blatantly not true. Like revolvers are the best gun for women, things like that. And try to, try to get involved locally. Like if you can find a gun advocacy organization locally, and if you can get involved, look, I promise you, there's going to be a ton of people that are super old school that they may even be the type that are like, Hey, AR-15 shouldn't be around. Uh, the second amendment is for hunting. Like those people will be in those organizations. I promise you, but go there listen, speak, share, um, be a, a partner, uh, to, to all of those people, be a voice of reason, even when no one listens, 
And eventually those groups and those organizations, when you, when you bring enough of your friends and you go get there, like the, the older generation will move on and move out. And eventually you guys will be those organizations. This is not a one-year program, a two-year program, a three-year program. This is a decade. Like the, the, this is a decade of being involved in these local organizations and making those changes from the inside. Because that's really one of the one of the best futures we can possibly have. Look, the the national advocacy organizations are are money hungry and power hungry, and they don't want to give up that power once they get it. So locally, uh, dealing with state representatives, dealing with people in our state, our city, I think that's truly uh, the the way that we keep it strong and make changes. Man, that was. Very well said. I I couldn't have asked for a better statement. So uh, on the fly, that was was really good, Sean. Thanks. And uh, officially, fight Fudlore. I think is going to be the title of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I like it. Um, so I mean, obviously, pretty obvious. Uh, we like shooting, but why don't you just kind of plug yourself and let everyone know where they can find you? Uh, they can find me all over the place. I host a few different shows. So I'm a co-host on This Weekend Guns with uh, Matt LaRosiere from Firearms Policy Coalition and the Cato Institute. That is on the Firearms Radio Network. I host the Civilian Medical Podcast with my good friend Dietrich, the Skinny Medic. Uh, that's on the Firearms Radio Network. Two episodes of We Like Shooting every single week on the Firearms Radio Network. You can find all the podcasts at firearmsradio.tv and uh, a, lot of, a lot of good stuff there. Uh, a lot of changes coming up. Like within the next week or so, we're relaunching some old shows, bringing in some old friends that have left the network and are coming back. And even launching a couple new shows. So uh, lots of lots of things going on. Firearmsradio.tv is where you can find it. And just we like shooting anywhere where uh, where people are banned for for their opinions and their beliefs. Cool. And I and the end of our show notes, I have a lot of those links. So anybody looking for them, you can obviously just uh, use the Google or uh, just head to the bottom of the show notes. So uh, Sean, we play a game on this show called Run and Gun. Okay. And, uh, it's ten rapid fire questions, and I'm going to ask you to try and answer. With your first answer as fast as you can. Okay. You friend, sure. Your friends have warned you about this, right, Sean? Uh, no, they didn't actually, because my friends oh. are all jerks. Ah, all right. I blame Johnny. Here we go. Yeah, blame Johnny. He definitely did not, not give you a heads up. No. All right, here we go. Number one, what is your favorite gun in your personal collection? Smith & Wesson MP 2.0 with a Faxon Hellfire slide and a Swamp Fox Optics red dot in the cube. Uh, compensator Ooh. from CGS Group. What gun would you buy if money was no object? A Browning 1919. If you could have a drink with one person, living or dead, who would it be? Um, I would say, oh boy, that that that's actually a tough one. Living or dead? I don't know. Jeremy's dad, just because I'd want to hear what why he would rather be dead than be Jeremy's dad. Okay. <laughs> All right. Favorite caliber? My favorite caliber is nine millimeter. Mine too. Favorite hobby, not gun related. Ice hockey. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Um, I think uh, no, flying would just scare me. Oh man, that that that, that is a tough one. The, the superpower I would is to be not uh, to not exist. All hell breaks loose. Is it better to be armed or trained? Trained. Is it better to be loved or feared? Mm, loved. Rifle, pistol, or shotgun? Rifle. You're in the worst scenario imaginable. Who do you want to have your back other than your spouse, girlfriend, whatever? Uh, Jeremy Posderick. I knew you were going to say that. All right, man. That was pretty good. I did something to you, though. I wanted you to say uh, x-ray vision for your superpower. <laughs> oh, my God. No. Can you imagine that would be the worst thing ever? Like, while it would be okay on occasion, I'd say 92% of the population is butt ugly, and I don't want to see that. <laughs> well, I would just keep at my least, eyes At least you can admit why you would want that or not want that. Keith won't actually admit that. That was his choice. And every time I say, <laughs> you know what? 
No, I didn't say why I wanted it. He won't admit it. <laughs> and you got me with the superpower because like invisibility would be pretty, pretty cool to be able to do whatever you want without ever being noticed by anything, but not existing would be way cooler. Yeah. Yeah. I think the goal is you have to be able to turn it on and off. Like mine would be able to read people's minds, but only if I could turn that on and off. If all you did was hear people constantly thinking crap, like that would be horrible. Yeah. Well, For the record, I thought I could turn my x-ray vision on and off like Superman. Uh, That's fair. That, that is fair. Yeah. Like when you, when you put it like that. Uh, but to read minds, there was a movie with Mel Gibson and Helen Hunt. That 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 yeah. power seems awful. Yeah, that that might be true. I think I remember that movie actually. Let's mix it up. All right. So on this episode of Let's Mix It Up, we're going to discuss New Year's resolutions and what are our goals in and out of the world of firearms for 2021. So let me start this by saying I hate the whole concept of New Year's resolutions. I don't ever make them. I think it's stupid. Uh, I hate when people go to the, they start going to the gym and they pack the gym and then like two weeks later, they're just, you never see those people again. So I don't like them. I don't know how you guys feel about them, but you know, Sean, how do you feel about them? You like them, hate them? Hate them. Uh, Don't, don't do them. Like I'm not going to the gym anyway. So why would I even pretend like I'm going to at the beginning of the year? Exactly. What about you, Keith? (laughs) Hate them. Do not like me. I knew, I knew we were gonna be on the same page with this, but I don't know how you feel. I do believe in goal setting. So I do set goals for myself. But why do you need to wait until New Year's to, to set a resolution? You definitely don't. You definitely do not need to. So that now that we've gotten out of the way, this is not a New Year's resolution. I want to talk about some goals. So I, I just want to start with uh, Keith. I think you and I are on the same page with this. And Sean, you, this will be near and dear to your heart. Keith and I said, after having some guests in the show, that we were going to get medical training, first aid, CPR, and trauma training, stop the bleed, stuff like that. And we kind of kind of screwed the pooch on that, right, Keith? Yeah, I mean, time got away. I mean, we had a little bit of a pandemic to deal with, but uh, yeah, you know, I mean, definitely we, we didn't. We dropped the ball. We could have had it done. We 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 were close. We just uh, whatever happened. So that is that is my number one. I, I'm that is going to happen this year, Keith. I'm making sure we get that private class going and, and we get that taken care of. So there's that. And then for me, the other one is I want to just keep putting out good content and having good guests on and. I want to grow the podcast and, and make sure I'm contributing to the Second Amendment as much as possible. So that that's my two things that I'm really trying to work on for this year and you know set goals on. But what about you, Keith? Any goals for you? In the firearms world, I I got to get that uh, reloading uh, bench up and going. I, I want to shoot way too much trap not to be able to reload my own shells. And uh, I've been talking about that for a long time, and it is time to get that done. Cool. Anything else? Uh, I was hoping for Sean to go and then you come back to me. <laughs> oh yeah, we could do that. <laughs> go ahead, Sean. My goals are pretty much always the same. Just keep doing what I'm doing. Keep, keep innovating. Uh, earlier you mentioned like, you know, uh, software engineering and stuff. Did that, did that help? And the answer is yes. Like it put me well ahead because podcasts are a game of technology. We were the first gun content ever on Patreon. Like early in the days of Patreon, we were on focus groups. I was on conference calls trying to help them flesh out features. Like always being ahead of everybody else is is great. Like we've been doing a thing uh, with with texting recently that's been going really well for us. And so uh, one of the bigger content creators just called me the other day and literally just told him everything, every secret, every service, everything. Cause like, it doesn't matter to me. I was there first. Uh, I know that I'm already moved on to the next thing, trying to, trying to figure that out. So just trying to stay ahead, uh, trying to be present, um, is, is always my biggest goal, uh, running a bunch of businesses uh, not well, mind you, 
but running a bunch of businesses uh, makes me very laser focused on everything but the things that really matter to me, which is my girlfriend, my family, my friends. Uh, so being present is always my one overriding goal. The rest of it, I get lucky at. Uh, and that that's the one that I really work at because ultimately it's the only thing that matters to me. That's good. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, obviously, I guess everyone can start new hobbies or new interests, but like if you have a bunch of things you're into, whatever that is, you know, like Keith mentioned trap, you know, like I do uh, uh, Brazilian jujitsu and, you know, whatever it is you're into, the goal should just be to keep pushing forward in that stuff and being better at it, whatever it is, right? That's like really the main goal of, I think, everybody. Um, so yeah, that's, I, that's a good answer. So Keith, that bought you some time. You got another one? Yeah. I mean, can I just repeat what Sean said? I mean, that sounded really good. I, really- <laughs> I, let, I let him up because he's the guest. I'm like, first of all, how do you, how do I say medical training and you don't say, yeah, I want to do med-? How do you not back me up on that? I did. I thought I did. I thought I said what I wanted to do it. Uh, it was, it was weak, but that is my goal. We're doing medical training in 2021. That's what I was looking for. Thank you. You mentioned medical training and like you, you said that, well, COVID happened and, but I've been teaching medical classes all summer. So I don't know where you guys have been. It was an excuse. He's a big excuse monger. <laughs> Love it. Hey, by the way, this is completely off uh, off topic before we go to our next segment. But uh, you mentioned hockey was your non shooting uh, sport, whatever activity, right? Mm-hmm. Did you notice the the hat trick comment in the beginning? That was that was actually for you. I don't know if you noticed it or not, dude. I totally missed it. God dang it. Yeah, I said I was like I, there was oh. three influences in my pie, and I said Shaw, Johnny B, and for the hat trick, I was like he's gonna pick up on that. But now I feel very dejected. And no, deflated. it was so good that like I, while I related to it one hundred percent, it was so clever and well done that it didn't even ring a bell outside my subconscious where I loved it. Yeah, it was silky smooth. I have to say it was. Well, I think it's time for the boys to sit around and shoot the shit. All right, so tonight on Shooting the Shit, the guys, along with myself, are going to play a game of Apocalypse D&D. So D&D, Dungeons & Dragons. Sean, did you ever play Dungeons & Dragons when you were a kid? Heck yeah. Uh, As a kid, as a teenager, as an adult, as like, I don't know, like a year ago. All right. How about you, Keith? Have you ever played it? No. Sorry, I can't say that. I was never really, I, I was around people who played it and saw them rolling the dice and stuff like at like a lunch table, but I never really played it. So I understand the concept of it. So I guess in this case, maybe Sean, you should be the dungeon master then. That's like kind of, uh, seems like you'd be the most uh, appropriate. Okay. I'm terrible DM, but I'm down to do it. No, that's okay. I'm just joking. It's not, not going to be that serious, but so what we're going to do is we're going to go, uh, apocalyptic scenario, whatever, walking dead, whatever, whatever stupid thing you have in your head. and alongside yourself you can pick three people with a specific skill set not a real person so don't say uh john level or whatever oh i I didn't know it wasn't real people well skill sets so just take those skill sets and just oh okay i had i was all right all right i mean if you want to tell me who they were you could do that too i suppose but three skill sets to help you survive so keith do you want to go first or do you want you want some time now well so you just want skill sets you don't want yeah so I'll go first. I'll go first to kind of like lay out the yeah. lay the groundwork here. All right, perfect. Here. All right. So my my first one was uh, hunter slash woodsman. You know, like someone that knows how to hunt, how to you know build shelter. Like basically a you know survivalist type would be my my first choice. And I was all set to say for my second choice, uh, enforcer. 
and actually like the Jeremy type kind of uh, was what was in my head. Big dude that can handle himself with guns and basically, you know, just pillage. And I was talking to my wife about this and I'm like, oh, you know, I'm doing this thing, this stupid apocalypse D&D. I'm like, what would your three be? And she goes, I don't know. She was like, I want like a surgeon, like someone that could like save my life. And I'm like, damn it, that's a really good choice. So I'm really torn on these two, but I don't know. I feel like if I'm in the apocalypse, I feel like there's a chance I'm going to die anyway. So I'm going to go with the enforcer. Okay. And the third one is the, my like engineer or like mechanically inclined person, like someone that can fix cars, someone that could, you know, figure out solar energy, that kind of stuff. So I'm going to go hunter, woodsman, survivalist type, enforcer, and engineer or mechanically inclined individual. Those are my. And you're the fourth. What do you bring to the table? Uh, I don't know. I was hoping that I could eat the food that the hunter brings and I could get protected by the enforcer and I could enjoy the luxuries that the engineer creates. That yeah. Does that count? That counts. All right. That's what I was hoping for. Okay. I'll, I'll be a leader. I'll be a leader. Got it. Yeah. Well, right. I, I, I guess I'm going with a farmer. I definitely want to have somebody who can be a farmer. Okay. Um, and, um, I would think that the farmer may not be a hunter. So I'm going to take a hunter. Okay, so we, you're you're saying you want to eat? That's a big goal. Definitely okay. got to eat, and uh, I think uh, then I need to have the uh, engineer mechanic kind of dude too. Okay, I'll be sure to bring my enforcer over and take all the food that you're making. It'd be awesome. Yeah, I got that covered. That's my job. Okay, that's fair. you are big Keith. That's fair. All right, Sean, you're up. So I'm going to break the rules just a little bit. Um, Thank you. <laughs> we like shooting genuinely like is my perfect uh, Dungeons and Dragons uh, crew. It, it meets all the major mar- archetypes, like honestly. So uh, I'll talk about Savage 1R. Um, he is the tinkerer, the farmer, uh, the guy who figures out crazy ways to use things that we wouldn't think about. He's the Bubba, um, the, the the guy who makes, you know, crazy Mosins and robotic guns and things like that. Like also hydroponics, farming. Uh, all that stuff he's really good at. Aaron, the deal maker. This is the guy you send to the other the, the other encampments uh, to make deals for the things that you need. Like say what you will about Aaron. He he is the guy who's going to be able to make that those deals. Like we like shooting wouldn't exist if it wasn't for him and his ability to talk to companies and take rejection and and get us the things that we needed uh, to to get started early on. We've got Nick. Uh, while he would die early on because of his bowel issues, he is the guy. Like he's the gunsmith. He's a fantastic shooter, great defensive dude. Like he is the guy who who can keep all of our things up and running. Smart knows a lot about just about everything. And just make uh, him write down, just make him make good notes. And when he goes, you'll be fine. Exactly, exactly. Jeremy, one hundred percent. The the just tank. He's the tank of the group. The, the crew uh, goes out, but also smart as a whip, tactically sound. Uh, fantastic at just about everything he does. I'll have he's your BA, he's your BA Baracus. Is that what you're saying? Yes. I'll have to kill Jeremy first because he will challenge me for leadership at some point. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to try to wait till the last possible moment to do that. And then I bring uh, combat tactics, uh, medical and, and leadership to the crew, to the crew. I like it. Well, I like it. I, Sean won shooting the shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he also broke through. He also added a few more, but I, he, you did win. And it doesn't help that these are real people. So if I'd given Keith real people, maybe you would have done better, big guy. I don't know. I mean, I will say one of one of the people would have been one of our guests, Cousin Brian. I mean, that's where I want to be. <laughs> yeah, he does have uh, quite a setup, I would say. Love it. All right. Well, there it is. I mean, I don't know how well we would uh, fare, but um, 
Sean, it sounds like you have this thing figured out. It sounds like you've put a lot of thought into this before, prior to this show, actually. Uh, about 30 seconds before I talked, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's fair. Well, listen, I uh, I want to thank you for being on the show. Um, you know, I genuinely do mean what I said at the at the top of the show, which is, um, you know, you guys are, uh, you, you, you produce a really, really good show and uh, it's well done. And definitely um, I've taken cues from you and you're an influence for our show, no doubt. Um, and, uh, you know, we appreciate what you're doing, you know, definitely helping to uh, expand and promote the Second Amendment. And, uh, you know, I think that people like you are important. And you have, you, a, you have a great group of friends, too, Sean. I mean, uh, we've gotten the privilege to talk to a lot of you guys and uh, you've all been really generous with your time and and helping us get in contact with each other. So, you know, you guys you got a great group there. We appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. A lot of a lot of the guests we had on prior to uh, kept saying, you know, you should get this person on, you should get that person on. And, and one that kept getting thrown out was was you guys. And, um, you know, I was uh, grateful to be able to get you guys on and take a little bit of time out of your day. I know you have a show tonight, so I don't want to take too much more of your time. But, you know, definitely anyone out there listening, definitely go check out their show. It is phenomenal. Um, and, uh, you know, all the links are down in the show notes. But, you know, check out Sean and his crew. Just, so. just know what you're getting into. It, it's, it, yeah, this is not casual, light listening. This is, you're either going to hate us or you're going to laugh and crash your car. One of those two things is going to happen. Yeah. Like, you know, like, I, like I, I love, one of the things I love that you guys did, and I obviously kind of stole it is uh, you guys do like segments, you know, and like other, other people do it too, but not a lot of gun shows are that. And um, you guys are kind of like an R rated show. Mm -hmm. And I like to think that we're kind of like a PG 13, which just means that we're just a couple of boobs. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it is really, uh, it is a good show. And like I said, like kind of like the Howard Stern of, uh, of, of the second amendment podcast world. So go check them out. Um, great show. Know what you're getting yourself into because you might get offended. And if you are going to get offended, you're probably not the demographic they're looking for. Yeah, that's true. That, that is true. But generally just like we we're just everyday dudes, just having fun with our friends. That That's pretty much it. That, it when someone asked me to describe the podcast, I, I'm like, that's it. And you either get it because you hang out with your friends and you say horrible things to each other or you don't. And you sit around and I don't know, drink craft beer or some nonsense. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely when I listen to the show, it's kind of like being in a bar with your buddies, listen, like just hanging out and like busting on each other. That's how it feels. And it feels like as a listener, you're just one of the guys at the bar hanging out with you guys. And that's, what's kind of really cool about it. That's awesome. So I truly appreciate it guys. Like honestly, uh, love being guests on other podcasts just here and like all the great things that are out there and uh you guys is so far is, is is one of the best and one of my favorites so keep up the fantastic work i too have heard great things about you guys and uh truly appreciate honestly a listening to the show because that that means more than i could ever uh, explain or describe but two just being out there like podcasting is not easy people think it's easy and uh, give you guys great kudos because this has been fantastic from start to finish uh, even you guys dealing with me being a little bit late uh, was was exuded professionalism on your part. And uh, keep up the fantastic work. Like you guys are are the future of gun podcasts, and uh, I'm just glad to be sharing space with you guys. Awesome, thank you very much. And to everyone out there listening, we want to thank you again for taking time out of your day to tune into our show. You can find links in the show notes to all of our social media. So be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so we can keep the conversation going. Have a good night, guys. <laughs>